welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the founder of Face Gym, Inga Theron. A love of storytelling is the thread that links each of what feels like Inga Theron's many lives together. Inga tells me that she likes to reevaluate what she's doing every year to ensure she still loves it. From early ambitions to become a CNN correspondent to a job as a radio DJ, founding a branding agency to launching a board game, it was a job in the wellness space that really made Inga feel as though she was home. Inga spent 11 years as the Financial Times well-being beauty and spa writer, a job that quite literally saw her trialling the best and in some cases the worst beauty and wellness treatments and trends in the world. An idea struck her in 2013. She hadn't just trialled, she'd studied the wellness industry for over a decade. What if she took the very best bits and created something she knew would work? The idea for Face Gym came to Inga in December 2013. A gym, rather than a spa, offering facial workouts instead of invasive facial treatments. The first Face Gym location opened in May the following year with each workout following a warm-up, sculpting, cardio and cool-down formula. In just eight years, that one location has expanded beyond 15. In 2021, Face Gym launched their own line of topical skincare products. And in January of this year, when this interview took place, Inga opened Face Gym's first Southern Hemisphere location at Mecca George Street. In this conversation, Inga shares how she convinced a heritage retailer to take on her brand, how she learnt the importance of understanding the operations of your brand and not just the creative, and why she takes stock of where she's at, both personally and professionally, every single year. So you grew up in South Africa, so I would love to just start right there at the very beginning. What is your earliest memory of beauty? Um, it It's so pronounced in my memory. I can remember exactly where I was. Um, I must have been around probably eight or nine. I can't pinpoint it exactly, but I had a four-poster bed with white and pink hearts. And I found this Bronwyn Meredith beauty book it was the vogue beauty book must have obviously been sent to my mom because there was just no way i would have had access to this big heavy book and as i was paging through the pictures of these incredibly glamorous women it defined in my mind what i thought european chic was i wouldn't go out of south africa till i was 17. So I was literally like a good old South African girl. And so this whole idea of European glamour came to life for me in this book. And the way I could access it was through all these homemade remedies. They had pages and pages of unique avocado masks and egg hair masks. And I just thought... I can access those ingredients. I've got eggs in the fridge. I've got avocado. I mean, I struggled like a crazy person when I asked my mom for marshmallow root extract, which was one of the ingredients. But for the rest, I realized quite quickly on that I could access all of these European um, tricks and magic just from what I had in the fridge. And that's when my, my sort of concocting started to happen and drain blocking, which my mother was not best pleased, um, you know, muds and scrubs and coffees and wine. And I mean, everything that I could throw at it, honey masks. It was, it was wild, but wonderful. I mean, if we fast forward to now, can you imagine if creating the um, formulas for face gym had been that easy, just going to the fridge and asking mom, Hey, do you have one of these? <laughs> You know, it was so funny during lockdown, um, we were stuck um, in the countryside. And I was like, come on, Tessie. My my daughter um, at the time was probably the, the little one was three and the big one was four. And we made these masks. And I was actually doing a live, putting it on with, with, my, um, with my team. She just came in and she took a huge, big, like, you know, a lick off my finger and just started eating my face mask. It was just wonderful to actually let them also see 
that so many of our great skincare products actually come from botanicals, mm-hmm. ingredients, fruits and vegetables, and you don't have to pay the earth to actually access some of that. Well, you clearly had a very early affinity for beauty. Did you have any idea of what you wanted to be when you grew up? I read that you had early ambitions to work at CNN as a war <laughs> correspondent of all things. At what age was that your dream? Again, so growing up with very limited access to media, all we really had was CNN and that just looked like a way for me to 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 leave, to get out, to see mm. other stories. Um, and so I was very, very excited. But in hindsight, you know, this I'm I'm so sensitive. I would, I would, you know, probably have adopted kids or, you know, fought the enemy myself or, you know, like try to fix most injustices. So um I think it was more just a case of storytelling. We watched CNN um for entertainment because it's all we really had. And so just watching how they composed um, and contextualized storytelling and brought big subjects to life, I think was just very, very intriguing for me and and probably started this journey, which, you know, if I think about what I do today, it's still storytelling. It's mm. educating through storytelling. And, you know, I'd go on to, to obviously um, be a journalist, work in radio and just, uh, you know, continue landing bigger ideas, simplifying concepts so that people can understand them better. I would love to talk about this. So it was at age 17 that you moved to the UK, knowing only one person there. Talk to me about this time because 17 is so young to be making such a huge change like that. You know, as I said, I think I just... um, knew I wanted to live abroad and yeah. it turns out I did my epigenetic testing recently and yeah. I'm 77% European even more I think I'm 80% European I called my mum to go who am I I'm so confused I thought I was South African I thought we had like Dutch heritage I don't know she was like no 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 actually I was going to tell you your father is who who he was but your blood's obviously different so um, not that I think that that drew me, but I just always had this affinity and I finished school early because I started at four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the allure to do my gap year in the UK was just too big. And so, as you said, I I, I left. I, I was a waitress. I saved 100 pounds, which took, took me a couple of years to save. And I took this 100 pounds and I got my first job in Richmond at Poor Boy poor boy's diner and I'll never forget I lived upstairs in a bed set with six other girls we slept on mattresses hanging our washing in between our mattresses in one big room happiest time I mean we didn't even have like washing machines we had to wash everything in the basin brush your teeth wash a shirt happiest time ever backpacked around Europe was dreamy. Got to do what you got to do, I suppose, in terms of washing. I read, I mean, you've obviously, you moved on from the diner, although I think most of us started in (laughs) hospitality at some point, so I get it. But you worked at Virgin Radio, then you moved into television. However, by my understanding, your work was more in sort of the pop culture space, specifically in movies. What was it that drew you to that area of journalism? So, you know, after backpacking and just having a really wonderful experience, realizing that actually I wanted to stay um, in the UK, um, I did start looking into studying London College of Printing. Uh, That was my idea. But at the same time, I was really excited by radio uh, and Ruby Wax. I kind of was into comedy because I wanted to make people laugh. Um, And so I started at um, Hospital Radio, Middlesex Hospital Radio um, in the UK and the basements in the bowels of these hospitals. They give you this like dark, dingy little corner where you can come and practice how to be a, a DJ. And I was Dr. Inga Love tuning. I love this. Turning you on at MHR. Oh, you've still got it. (laughs) And I would go round the wards going, hello. I'm Inga, I'm the I'm your DJ today. I'd like to know, can I give you a special, you know, um a dedication? Is there a song you wanted to hear today? And that was um, what I was doing. At the same time, I was so broke. I was working in a, a very famous bar at the time called the Met Bar. And I just happened to meet Chris Evans. And he's like, 
what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I actually want to, I didn't even know who he was. Um, I'm like, oh, you know, I want to be Ruby Wax of Radio and I've got this great show at this hospital. <laughs> and he was like, come on, don't study, come immediately to Virgin, Virgin Radio. I've just bought this, this, this huge um, business. And he put me in as a researcher and I went on air and then it wasn't very long before I um, started working with Jonathan Ross. And, you know, at the time I was literally just doing any menial job that I could. Uh, but I really realized at that point, again, I loved the industry. I loved the storytelling. I loved the medium. I loved the radio and um, uh, the, the research, the TV side of it. And uh, it wasn't long before I actually got um, headhunted to host my own show for Rapture TV, which was a, a new satellite concept working for Channel 4. And they just decided that I should do a film show. And then that just basically went on. Wow. God, you've lived many lives. I am Madonna. I like to think I'm like the Madonna <laughs> of, I don't even know what my sector is, but I was, I'm so curious and I'm pretty fearless and I'm not scared of putting it all on black and losing it all and starting again. I fly fast take chances, take risks, because um, I, you know, life is short and I just was fascinated by so many things. So every six years I would reinvent and I would give myself this like opportunity to say, okay, well, that was good. That was fun. Is this where I want to be forever? And if no, it was never yes. It's like, okay, keep it moving. Let's manifest the next thing. And I always put a time limit on it. Uh, even with Face Gym now, I'm in year seven. Um, and I've passed it on to a management team because I, you know, I know what I'm really good at. So I've got this, like, I think they call it a six-year entrepreneurial itch. Well, it's all storytelling, isn't it? I think we've hit the nail on the head there because that does seem to be the thread that links it all together. Because from there, you started your own branding agency, Bleach Media, if research serves me. What yep. made you want to start your own business? Again, it's just working really hard, manifesting, believing, and then somehow being in the right place at the right time. I genuinely, if I had a recipe for it, if I knew how I did it, I would publish it and help everybody. I have no idea apart from, I, you know, super, super blessed. Um, again, not intentional. Because of my years of traveling the world doing movie junkets, I um, had access to a stellar Rolodex of amazing people just at that time when uh, brands were realizing they needed more than models. They actually wanted celebrities to personify their brands and to help them realize their um, their vision. And so great brands, great Rolodex. And so I just started this company originally um, in the jewelry space. So dressing lots of um, celebrity for red carpets. Then I moved further into branding and marketing. Um, so, yeah, that was it. It was just really right place, right time, right Rolodex. And also clearly just being a good person because you wouldn't have all of those contacts if you were, you know, not nice. Well, well I mean, I, and I was also incredibly poor. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. I was still living like the, the, it continues, you know, I was taking all these risks, not going anywhere very, very fast. I was still living with like three or four other TV presenters in Norwich. Um, and so all of a sudden the lucrative deals of jewelry brands where I could like pay, I could get paid 10,000 pounds for one celebrity dressing, which was all like, I would, you know, not make that in six months working on my journalist salary. So I was definitely lured into this whole idea of, of um, finally actually getting my own apartment or actually living in my own room after so many years of sharing rooms. Were there any lessons that you learned during this time working in that sector, running your first business that you find you're still applying to your work now? Oh, absolutely. I, so I, I think um, I'm a really big thinker, I've realized. I love zooming out first mm -hmm. and I really like looking at the landscape. I love looking back and I think, again, as a with all that journalist training, um, landscape speaking and storytelling and taking uh, the viewer or the listener on their journey and contextualizing in a very, very quick 
um, second or minute so that they, they're in the picture, I think has been really, really valuable for me. I'm incredibly detailed and granular, but I also have the ability to distill really big ideas into something pretty catchy. And I think that's probably why Facetum is what it is. It was based on Asian massage techniques. I mean, the whole concept was the um, Empress beauty secrets that's a mouthful that's not going to fly but i'm like boom it's all about muscles muscles gym face gym boom take a face to the gym and that's it like no one needs to know more they'll if and if you if you can't be that blisteringly precise yeah. then you know you're it's just not going to fly and i think all those years um have helped me to just really be able to be quite narrow and blinkered and see opportunities and then just package them for the consumer I was going to ask, I know that you sold the company after around six years and I was going to ask why, but I suppose we've covered it because every six years you're taking that step back, you're zooming out and saying, is this where I want to be or is it time to switch it up? 100%. I I genuinely, I mean, I even do this with my husband, God bless him. Every January, I'm like, do we want to do another year together? I mean, I love him dearly. And we're like, yeah, do you want to do another year together? You're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Let's do another year together. And so that way it always keeps it fresh. I'm only just committed for another year. I'm going to reevaluate this again next year. I am obsessed with that. I love that. That's so much better than just sort of, you know, let's push the feelings down. Let's pretend they're not there. You're physically having that conversation every year. I love that. I'm like, New Year's Eve, I still love you. I still want to hang out with you. Thursday night going for dinner with you is still my most exciting thing after 14 years. Still feeling it. But let's like have another check-in in January and then you don't become complacent. Love um, And then, this, you know, the same thing with work. Uh, I just believe really, you know, you'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about face gym because I'm so anti-anti-aging. And I know in the beauty context, they talk about the way you look. Oh, yes. Idea of aging is such a privilege for me. It's so exciting. Every day, I literally, you know, no matter what, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I treat it like it's my last. And because of that, there is just no time to be miserable. Um, I, and I know I'm fortunate uh, because I, I can take some of those risks, but I really believe a, a bad day or bad month is just not worth it. So if you're not happy in what you're doing and you believe you can do something else, but you're held back because perhaps, you know, you're scared or you've got kids and you don't think you can do it all. I want to be the poster girl for for someone who came with nothing. I have no degree. I have uh, no formal education. Um, and you can do whatever you want to do as long as uh, one thing I do do is I work harder than anyone I know. Okay. So it was at this time you've sold the business. Yeah. At this stage, you developed a board game. I am dying to hear more about this. I know. I think people are just thinking, why am I listening to this woman? She is absolutely bonkers. No, we love it. This is what the Glow Journal audience wants. (laughs) There's just no clear path to in like to, to to follow here. But actually, again, my philosophy has come to pass as through painful discovery that as a door closes, a new one will open. And no matter how tragic and painful that rejection feels, it's necessary because something great is coming and it's happened for me every time. And this particular occasion. I was working uh, for a brand that celebrity product placement at the Oscars. And um, this particular celebrity decided the Thursday or the Tuesday of the Oscars not to wear the jewelry. And of course, you know, I got into so much trouble, somehow manifested myself to an invitation to a party where every A-list celebrity was playing dominoes, Mexican trained dominoes. And at the time, I, again, I was really like getting finished of being very much consumer facing, client facing, only as good as my last campaign. And I knew I was doing such good things for my businesses, my clients. What if I just had my own? I wanted to make my own thing. I wanted to walk past the shelf and pick up my own idea off the shelf. And so when I walked in and I saw that game, I knew instinctively that was exactly what God had sent me to do. And I'm like, I cannot believe you guys have done this to me. I could have done a jeans brand or a cashmere brand 
what are you throwing at me now? And now I'm going to become a board game designer. And I stayed. Uh, Daya Fernandez was at that party. She became my partner. And we um, got a patent. We sold the idea to Hasbro. I mean, after nine months, we were in, um, you know, 500 Walmart stores. It was phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. Ridley Scott had, no, it was not. Yeah, it was Ridley Scott at the TV rights. It was mega, really mega. Yeah, it sounds it. Now, this is, I, I love that this is not a linear story because you spent something like 11 years writing for the Financial Times as their wellness, beauty and spa writer, several of which was spent undercover as the spa junkie. What were you discovering about the spa space during that time? What were you drawn to and what did you feel that there was a real gap for? So I think the whole thing came because Gillian de Bono, who was one of the most visionary editors, uh, I mean, just there's just I've never seen anything quite like it. She really knew from early on that this was um, a space that was completely unregulated and that um, there was a lot of, you know, people, a lot of women being taken advantage of midlife crisis, spending £50,000 to go and live in a leech retreat. Having oh, my their- God having their blood purified, who's regulating this stuff? Women going for these midlife crisis, full facelifts when they just didn't need it. And so she was like, go undercover and tell me what is going on here. And that was an incredible, illuminating time. Some of it was unbelievable. I really got into a deeper practice with my yoga, my meditation. Um, And it really solidified for me that wellness was the space I'd finally found home. And I can assure you that there's not a six year, seven year itch. I'm home and I will be doing this until I'm a hundred and ideally 110 because I'm doing so much of it. (laughs) But however long I'm here for wellness is the space. And really, yeah, that was it. I I started writing for the FT, but primarily at the time it was mainly just to cover the breadth of the holistic um, and the medi spa. And then, you know, this burgeoning facial uh, transformation, which was led by lots of invasive work, which I would uh, embrace and then ultimately really reject because I felt like Mm. there must have been a better way to do things. Well, on better ways to do things, let's talk face gym. You launched in 2014, but how many years prior to that had the idea come to you? Wow. So again, if you can imagine my full-time job was traveling the world, having facials, massages, body treatments, detoxes, diets, and and every single week I was doing something. So I just was packed full of knowledge. Um, I was then at that point also starting to design spas. So I worked mm. with my first spa, which was a Fayena. Wow. Working with Baz Luhrmann. Another, oh my god! Exactly, he was the design lead, and uh, was my first spa. And I just had this great privilege and fortune to be, and still am, surrounded by some of the biggest thinkers. You know, every single day, I have to heal the whole body. I have to think about how you're sleeping. I've got to think about what you're eating. I've got to think about. Um, you know, your exercise, your beauty, your products. And so again, talk about that zooming out. Mm. And what I love is that I'm still super, super independent because I build these spaces and I can't just fill them with face gym. So I try so many beauty products, so many brands, so many supplements, and I still treat even face gym like the financial times. Mm. My energy team come in and there's no mercy. I start, I'm like, I want to hate this. I, I, I'm going to hate this. It's not going to work. Don't like the texture. They have to s- prove to me that it's worthy of the Financial Times writing a four-page feature. And that's how I treat every single product. Um, and so I think it's that independence and that point of view and stuff, that, which which really makes face gym so unique. And you can see in our formulations, our pack, our tools, our experience, my day job which is designing and you know wellness um, beauty and fitness experiences so how did you go about getting it off the ground it's one thing to have an idea how did you go about finding the right location funding the project all of the things that come with physically 
founding a business and a brand? Oh, it was literally, again, just magic. I, 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 I just honestly don't understand. If I look back now, 15 years ago, I did my first article. I was here in Sydney, Bondi Beach, um, a broke wannabe journalist for the FT. And to be back here 15 years later, literally taking over Mecca on television, I, I would have never believed you. And again, it was just um, an epiphany. I'd been working, trying all these these um, these these movements, all these these uh, facials, which I realized were just very topical led, just product on, product off. I was done with the estheticians just telling me I needed a facelift and a brow lift and a mm. this lift and a that injection. And I, I was really just aging in my face. And the dermatologists who I had incredible respect for were great, but I had no real skin condition. And I just saw an enormous white space to actually educate consumers around a gym for the face and those 40 muscles on the face. And I couldn't believe after all these years, I never asked myself that question. What, what is keeping it all together? How many are they? How do they work? And how can I stimulate them? And it was a eureka moment. I'm like, my body's looking great. I love hybrid fitness. I need a gym for the face. And when I got the name and I knew I wanted the workout to be warm up, cardio sculpting, cool down, which has never changed in all the six mm. years, I just knew I could definitely get this funded if I kept it really simple. And I needed to land this out there idea because everyone's going to think it's total BS. It's a new beauty fad. What's going on? I knew I had credibility in the market, um, but I had to keep it simple. So I created a, a beautiful studio broke the walls down. I'm like, this has to express like a gym. You are not therapists. And I also discovered at the time when I was recruiting that therapists only were skin deep. They really didn't know mm. much about anatomy and the muscle. So I set up an academy, create a boot camp, four weeks of boot camp to actually become a face gym trainer. Um, but once I knew that and the investors could see the results, which were instant, and that unique point of view, methodology, philosophy. I managed to raise um, a couple of hundred grand, and Selfridges were like, "We we want you." Again, it was just serendipitous, and so I launched six months after the idea came to me. I, I have to sort of preface that I'd say the idea was percolating for yeah. years, so an overnight ten-year success. But the name came to me December, January, and the 1st of May, the following year, I would open Facium. Wow. So Selfridges were immediately receptive, were they? Because I was thinking it's one thing to convince, say, investors and have this like very clear plan, but then it's another thing entirely for a business with as much heritage as Selfridges to take a gamble on something so new. You know, they found me. They saw, they called me when I had no, I thought it was a cute idea. I was designing spas. Maybe I'd give this idea to one of my spa, like to the hotel. It could be a cute little, you know, treatment on the menu. And Selfridges were really a Jane Demuron, an incredible beauty uh, buyer at the time. It was like, this is the most exciting thing I have heard. And I've been in this business a long time congratulations you have managed to 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 peak our interest just give it a go we don't care we'll just do a pop-up and mm -hmm. see how it goes I was like okay okay we'll do a pop-up I wasn't even living in London at the time came in did the pop-up we were the second most successful beauty um stand during this time I think we got over 10 million pounds worth of PR coverage obviously because it was so unique and new and they were like, you're not going anywhere. I was like, well, that was a great pop-up. They were like, mm, let's talk about growing your business together. And they were really the catalyst because the minute you have a massive retailer like that, investors are prepared to back you. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it was a different time. Today, there's a lot of um, beauty brands and startups. And it's hard to find funding if you're you know, um, your, 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 your point of difference is really just sustainable. Yeah. That's comes a standard or, you know, organic ingredients. Well, really, is that, is that really good for the environment? I'm much more, a much bigger believer in biotech. 
you have to genuinely be able to do it better, faster, cheaper, or in a totally different way, or otherwise the market's just incredibly um, crowded right now. Mm. Physically and mentally, what was that first year like? Am I right in saying that you gave birth during that first year in operation? Yes. Oh, my God. The 1st of May, my on-off, on-off now husband uh, proposed on that day. Now, bear in mind, we had not been speaking. No. Uh, we, we we were on-off, on-off. He was a really naughty, bad boy, young Italian. He's six years younger than me. And he was behaving terribly, and I hated him. And I launched. I could see him coming through the back door. I was doing a big talk to 250 people. But I'd done so much self-work, um, especially six months prior to launching Facetime. It was probably the deepest immersion of, of myself going inside, ripping myself back up, putting myself back together energetically. I was really in my feminine, full-on power. I was so powerful because I'd really done the work. Um, and he walked in and he's like, can I take you for a drink? I'm like, oh, you know, again, like I put all my money into it. And I was like, actually, you can. And I want a really good bottle of wine because I knew I couldn't afford it. Yep. He took me. He was like crying and apologizing. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Are, are you ill? Are you dying? And he's like, I want to marry you. I mean, it was like, I, I, I can't even begin to explain. So you give birth to a baby like a dream, the the brand of your dreams, then the man of your dreams decides to propose. And that was 1st of May. And by October, I was pregnant with my oh first my real baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm exhausted just listening to that. <laughs> it was a very, very tough time. I remember because things went incredibly well in the beginning. But like with all business, there are huge slumps and any entrepreneur who tells you they haven't been through really rocky moments um, is lying. And, yep. and me, I remember I was like seven, eight months pregnant. They moved our location. We went from earning X amount of thousand a day to some days, not even 250 pounds. It was incredibly stressful. Oh. I didn't know what had happened, but we had no footfall. I, um, I didn't have money for marketing. I was literally traffic stopping myself with this giant belly um and you know it was just it was a difficult time I'll also never forget almost on the week I was giving birth I get a call from Selfridges going we're really sorry but there's like six clients here and none of your staff have showed up today oh my god they're like what do you mean because I knew nothing about operations I'm a treatment designer I know about skincare I work with scientists and doctors and I'm data driven but on the upside I was really short I knew nothing I didn't even open with a telephone because I was like oh shit people have to call to book Crikey. Mm because I was so deeply focused on is the service going to work? So that was really a baptism of fire for me, learning about operations and then recruiting the yin to my yang, where I always want to be creative. Um, but that's only really 1% of a business. It's mm -hmm. all about execution. And that's why you really have to get your operations in check before you take a big, crazy idea further. You clearly got out of the slump because Face Gym has just launched its first Southern Hemisphere location in Mecca's George Strait flagship. You mentioned the workout. You mentioned the flow of it before, but I'd love to dive a little deeper on this. For the uninitiated, can you talk me through what happens on a Face Gym visit? Okay, so first of all, as I said before, we have combined the best bits of 15 years of, you know, deep, deep, deep wellness study. So everything that made me look awful, you know, gave me, you know, wanting to wear a balaclava, all that stuff is gone. You don't have to go through that. And everything that really worked, that made me look the best version of me, I've distilled into Facetime. And that is really three things I focus on. Um, massage, tools, and high-performance skincare. And we like to call this like facial fitness. And if that sounds faddish to you, I'll break it down in three really simple, easy to understand concepts. Healthy skin means great cellular health. 
that's the, something called uh, skin metabolism, which is really just a fancy word for saying, how fast are your skin cells repairing, renewing? Are they Usain Bolt or you're more like, a, you know, kind of a, a Mr. Blobby? And of course, you want to have like fast, healthy skin cells. And um, second of all, we focus on on, on toned, um, healthy muscles. So we really work on that on that um, structure underneath the skin to stimulate the muscles that have memory. And that's what this really toned, tight looking, I think they call it snatched now. Yes, it, they do. Feel way too old, almost turning 50 to be calling things snatched, but you just look tight. Like I've got a very, very tight jaw for my age and I never used to. So facial fitness, skin, cellular health, really toned, tight, non-flaccidity, like no flaccidity looking faces. And then lastly, collagen. And collagen is really the big mega, mega word. Face gym is collagen. Why? Because massage stimulates collagen. The massage stimulates fibroblast activity. And of course, most of our skincare has pre precursors to collagen production. And of course, our number one best-selling product is the Active Blast. And it's the most powerful collagen uh, in the world today. Don't have to take my word for it. The data, the clinical trials are out there. It's 200 times stronger than marine collagen and anything else on the market today and the results are profound wow so if you come in i think your first question was if you were to come into market street what would you come and experience mm. and actually australia and sydney we've got a treat for you guys because you've got a brand new menu mm. um and how do we go about designing our menu well first and foremost we've had over a million of your faces in our hands and it's not just like brands that have this dialogue from a sh from a shelf in a shop i know you we know your mom your dad your problems the boyfriend the dog the cat the whole thing because we are your personal face trainers we spend time with you and so i use all of this data and all of the issues from the shop floor on the front line where my trainers are working on real people real skin and they feed that back to me so as i i hear about things like at the moment during lockdown and even beyond stress tmj people are really asking us for facial physio mm -hmm. so we've created a signature hands only for those times when you've got jaw ache, you've got a neck ache, you've got headaches, you're just recovering from the flu, you've been working on deadlines. And so this is an all hand, deep tissue, facial physio massage, like a sports massage. We put on our gloves and we go in the mouth and this is a world exclusive for wow. you. Then uh, that we've got the cryo oxygen, which again is super hydrating. I believe Australians are some of the most mobile people in the world today. You guys are in and off planes all the time. So cryo is great for you. And remember, every single workout has our legendary warm-up cardio sculpting cool-down massage. So that comes as standard. You can then just top and tail what you need. So if you're like 47 like I am and you really want to work on your on your on on your firmness, on your tone, um, on your on your skin texture, then you'll do radio frequency. Uh, if you want to get that moisture, you'll do the cryo if it's kind of just stress or just relaxation, but you still want that nice lift, but you don't want the tech, you'll go for the signature hands. And sometimes you just want it all. And so you've got another world exclusive called the I need it all, which is just sock everything at me. I need it all. Um, and we still, you'll still see more and more stuff coming over the coming weeks as well. Oh my goodness. Is it, is it 14 locations now? I think we've got even more because we've done a wonderful partnership with Soho House. Ah, yes. And so uh, we've also done a lovely partnership with the Maybourne Hotel. So you can now find Facebook in places like Claridge's. Yeah. And so the travel channel for us is really, really big. Uh, we love the idea of growing the brand in in markets uh, within yeah. other uh, great establishments as well. So. With so many locations, have you noticed any significant differences in the ways that people approach beauty, approach skincare, approach wellness from region to region? Oh, absolutely. I think, when, you know, I mean, I know this sounds really basic, but I've never seen sun like this here in Australia. And yeah. I knew SPF was big, but then I got myself absolutely sunburnt on 
from the first day I arrived and I realized just how serious this was. And I'm literally going to be focusing all of my attention on creating customized workouts for you guys that help with that sun bar um, skin barrier, sun, sun damage. Um, we find, again, you know, very similar, like Los Angeles is very similar to this market. Um, we have a massive male community in America, 40% mm. of our customers in the US are men. Wow. And so that's that's quite unique. And then I think the UK is really sort of catching up, but they're a little bit slower, like on 15%. Um, and, you know, I think your, your ages differ, uh, but we see the same services, um, you know, really, really trending. Skincare absolutely is different in different markets. Let's talk skincare because you launched the product line in 2021. What led to that decision to launch a physical product range? So I think, as I said, when you've done over a million faces and you've spoken to people and you have this never-ending dialogue, you really get to know skin. You know what works, what doesn't work. We have our own laboratory that I set up um, a few years ago. We have an incredible few chemists who are really like as curious as I am when it comes to the latest in, in ingredients. And I think at the time when we were doing the workouts, I pushed the actual service and the massage so far. I had pushed the tools as far as I could. And I was using third party uh, skincare. And I was like, but it just doesn't have the play time, doesn't have the slip time. It doesn't have the ingredient that I'm so excited by. And I would call the doctor and go, hi, you know this ingredient? Can you put it in? He's like, okay, I'll look at it. Like, how quickly? And he's like, oh, probably like a year. Oh. A year? I want this now. And then I thought, well, you know what? Let me just do it myself. I feel that with this incredible team access to to this convergence every single day of fitness beauty longevity optimization access to some of the biggest thinkers in the think, thinkers in the world when it comes to to skincare and and, and medicine and and functional uh, doctors and all that good knowledge i could actually distill and reverse engineer into skincare it was just a no-brainer for me and and i think lockdown really gave us the courage and the confidence because we went in pure brick and mortar. And I think we had 50, 60,000 followers. Literally, when we pivoted and we deconstructed our workout so that we could empower men, women, you, me, everyone with a few moves that was so powerful and our success just you know, was 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 profound. We were we went to almost eight hundred thousand followers, wow. and we we emerged bigger. We're up, you know, two hundred percent like for like post COVID on the service demand. Um, the skincare, whatever we had at the time, which were these oils, were selling out online. We couldn't keep stuff in stock, and so um, you know, it it was just a natural progression for us, uh, given our 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 knowledge um, and, and experience of people's skin. There are some tools and some products in the range that are unlike anything I've seen before. Nothing excites me more than that. Now that Face Gym is available in Australia, where do you recommend we start if we're new to the range? So it's a really, really good question. It depends on how committed you are. If you're one of those women who's been on Estee Lauder or Clinique for a lifetime, uh, it's going to be a tough sell. So I'm going to say uh, the Active Blast is a really simple way to get fresh, really potent, powerful collagen into your range. You just need a beautiful hyaluronic um, or water-based serum. Uh, we prefer that you, you use the Hydrobound because it was formulated with four molecular weight, hyaluronic, polyglutamic, niacinamide, all the stuff that I know you guys know and love. And that is really the bedrock of, of face gym. I, again, I think things like our skin changer, which is a new breakthrough innovation in exfoliation. It's a, it's a serum and a toner, but um, it also has succinic acid. I love PHA for Australian skin. Um, I love this um, new upcycled pumpkin, which is really working on, on eating these dead zombie 
uh, skin cells. We call this new concept garbaging. You know, it's full of just garbage that's aging you. They're not dead. They're not alive, but they're just creating inflammation. And this upcycle pumpkin is like back, 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 eating through all of this, um, this, this, this garbage cells so that all the good ingredients can go through. So skin changes are simple to use, very gentle, but very effective especially given the fact you guys use so much um, sunscreen, which yeah. really can clog your skin. So that's really important. Um, I love the cheat mask. It's an overnight mega, mega, can't speak higher of it. Melatonin, amber algae, is like drone technology that goes to brown spots. It'll change your face overnight. So that's a really good one. And then again, from a from a, a moisturization perspective, I love the Youth Reformer. It's the red serum. It's packed with palisanto, which takes me back to the moment I conceived this baby face gym. Mm-hmm. But again, it's um, it's got so many great ingredients that suppress cortisol, which makes your face look dull. Cortisol is what you express when you're feeling stressed and tired. So that oil in serum, vitamin C rich, is really uh, my absolute go to. You have sat at the helm of Face Gym since its launch in 2014. However, you've been a part of the beauty industry for a good decade longer than that, thanks to your time as a writer. Over the last, let's say, five to ten years, what have been some of the biggest changes you've seen within the beauty industry? Wow, I I just think it's the crowdedness of it. It's Mm. just literally, I call them COVID entrepreneurs. I think everybody just decided, I think I could get an audience. I think social media helped and enabled. And I think a lot of people went out there thinking I can do this or they, you know, the burgeoning Alibaba scene, people were just yeah. buying stuff, repackaging, Ugh. going to market, being influencers, pretty unregulated again. So I think um, it's very, very important to, uh, you know, check your inky list, make sure you're working with a rep- reputable company. Um, I think... On a, you know, on a positive side, I believe that this, that, you know, whether it be brands like Facetim, we're becoming a lot more about confidence, making women feel good. Whereas in the past, certainly when I started, it was really about demonizing aging. Yeah. I felt guilty that I was a woman, I was getting older and somehow I wouldn't be so attractive anymore. And so I feel like that body positivity has rolled into skin positivity and we're just a lot more um, uh, open and confident building uh, to our women. I think um, the burgeoning um, tools market is exceptional. When I first started, there were no tools really. And so, you know, our EMS, which again is a global patent, strongest on the market, it changes your face. In 10 minutes, you have like saggy brow, up brow, we call it a one centimeter test. You literally have a ruler and then you just do 10 minutes of the pure lift at the Facium Pro and it literally will change your face. Australia, you don't have it yet, but it's coming in the next few weeks and I'll let you know when it comes. And then the most exciting, I think, is the innovation around ingredient tech and biotech. And it just means from my perspective, if we can grow something in a lab, I can make it safer, I can make it stronger and much less um, impactful on the environment. Like, you know, the active blast, as I said, it's a fermented yeast. And so instead of marine collagen, we're fermenting yeast and it the data is exceptional. So I feel like that's a really wonderful um, change in the industry. And what changes do you think we can expect to see over the next couple of years? I think we're going to continue to see safer, cleaner, better products. I think we're going to see huge improvements in packaging. I'm so proud of this industry because when I, again, if I even just look back at six years ago, traveling the world, trying to find sustainable packaging, nothing. Now, today, you have so many options and as a consumer, I, I really, um, I penalize brands who are not buying into sustainable packaging because today you have a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not that expensive. It's available. You just need to care. So I think that's phenomenal. And then from my side, I think what's super exciting is the longevity space. Um, and I'm going to be bringing a lot of that big thinking around living longer, better, 
and how we apply that to your life and your cells and your nutrition. I'm going to be reversing that into skin and potentially body. You heard I think that's awfully, awfully exciting. And just like when I saw Face Gym's convergence of fitness, beauty, and wellness, I've now got that layered with longevity. Um, and so I think that's super, super exciting. This whole supplements, um, adaptogenics, just there's so much great stuff. The, the industry is booming uh, since COVID. Everyone's really taking their health seriously. And, and I think the next big, big mashup is beauty and longevity and optimization because optimizing your, your, your body, your organs, you can also optimize your skin cells. My final question, you've just given us a hint, but without giving away too much, what is next for Face Gym? So we have a couple of great new sectors that we're going in vis-a-vis categories of skincare. Again, really listening to our customers. Um, I can tell you that we've seen a huge increase pan age of acne, monthly Mm. breakouts, hormonal, and we've got a really, really new, exciting um, innovation coming out, I think, in the next 60 days. Very focused first to market um, in Australia. So you guys, hopefully, I'm not sure when it will land here, but you literally can reduce your acne in 10 minutes. It's sensational. And then just really continuing to work on, on, on this collagen. The collagen's working really well. You can expect some really exciting product um, um, developments and skews along that side. And hopefully just, you know, more studios here in Australia with you guys as well. I mean, um, we've started in Sydney. I'm sure Melbourne will follow. And, you know, I've never been to Perth and I've never been to New Zealand. So I'm super excited by this market. The response that we've had this week is so exciting. So if things continue the way they are, hopefully um, more studios, different parts of the body, and more great skincare. That was Inga Theron, founder of Face Gym, which you can find on Instagram at Face Gym. To read more, you can visit glowjournal.com and for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me. The Glow Journal podcast would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced. We pay our respects to Elders past and present.